Okay, everybody wants good love, that's true, I know Derrick Jones about to break it down with the relationship gumbo Welcome to the podcast, ain't no doubt we all need this Ay, Cause better relationships need better ingredients Ay, So if you want better relations, it's about communication Finding love, staying together, we all wanna make it better Yeah, Derrick Jones the host, your relationship coach Thank you all for tuning in, relationship gumbo And welcome to another edition of the Relationship Gumbo Podcast. My name is Derek Jones, and I am your host. I'm a life coach, an engineer, a strategist, and a mental health advocate. And also, guys, just a reminder, this May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so, you know, tonight's show is going to touch on some of that as well. Um, But I do have an extra, extra, extra special guest tonight, and I'm going to bring her up. And tonight's title is, um, Do I Love Myself Enough to Be Loved? Right. And I know a lot of you guys probably saw that and was like, what what does that mean? And which you really just in short, because we're going to really go through this tonight and really go through um, the journey of my guest to show you exactly like the life cycle of how some of us, you know, go through life. But sometimes, well, I would say mostly all the time you need to have love for yourself and self-worth before you can even think about being into a relationship where you have to add somebody else in. Right. Um, so without further ado, let me put her up here on screen and I'm going to introduce her. And so guys, let me introduce to you, Mrs. Because <laughs> when I met her years ago, it wasn't Mrs. Um, but I'm going to tell, tell you a little bit, Miss LaJuan Stribling. Um, I had the, the, uh, the 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 fortune to to have her be the 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 care provider for my daughter when my daughter was I think six weeks I think she was little little and she was she had a very big impact on her life um she came out smart smart after after she left to go to preschool so <laughs> we was we she was more than ready and so I always appreciate you for that and we've kind of kept in contact over the years and I always try to bring people on the show that want to help others. So I'm going to let you kind of intro who you are and what you do, and then we're going to get into it. Okay, I'm LaJuan Stribling, and I am a daycare provider, and I also am a bakery owner now. Um, I'm a mom of five plus one, so I have a stepson as well, and uh, I have a lot of life experiences. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's get it. So this is what we're going to do, right, guys? Please, I'm going to say this again. This this is going to be some some impactful information. I need you guys to share, 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 and invite because you're probably going to know someone, and it may even be you that's going to hear something that they can connect with, and hopefully, um, you know, at some point they'll realize that they need to change, that they need to seek help, all of the above. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk to you about, Lawan, is um, because this show is about. Um, loving yourself and having self-worth, there was a point in your life where you didn't feel, you know, have that love for yourself or feeling worthy. Um, Tell us a little bit about that period where it was kind of a dark place for you. Oh, it was a period for a long while. You know, it's, I grew up in a a difficult situation. I had, I had one parent, so I didn't grow up with a mother. So I didn't have that mother love to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so me wanting that was like a lifelong thing. Like I always wanted to feel a mother's love, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then as far as my father is concerned, I think just situations with him, how he was raised kind of prevented him for showing emotion or, you know, how men have to be strong, you know? So it's, it's different for a daughter to be raised that way because, you know, we need those emotions. You know, as a female, you need that stuff. So for a long while, I felt it, like a long while, since I was a kid, honestly. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. So since I was a kid, that's when I started to feel it. But I didn't really know. I just knew I was wanting something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so from that point, um, tell us a little bit about, like, w- from the point of not having, you know, you didn't have a mom, you had a dad that was there kind of, but he didn't have the emotional stuff that you needed. So did that play out in how you dealt with like friends and maybe boyfriends or choices that you made? It it, it played out a lot. I mean, I didn't make the choices. I mean, and then it got worse because, you know, the person that was supposed to be my protectant actually, you know, stopped taking care of me at a young age so i had to like think for myself from 17 you know Mm -hmm. like it was hard um so at that point i really felt like no one loved me you know i had family who weren't there to support me like you know your auntie your uncle my grandmother no one would let me come stay with them so like what do you how you how you supposed to feel these are the people that you know all your life but you can't you don't have nowhere to go lay your head with these people so right and so did you um during that time, did you did you even pursue having relationships with guys, or did I you? I mean, of course. Well, you know, I, the funny thing is, what started all with the thing with my father and I is that I had a boyfriend in high school, and mm-hmm. you know, he he gave me that feeling, he gave me that love and care and stuff I needed. But come to find out, like after being with him for two years, I found out all the dirt that he was doing within that time frame, and you just ask yourself, like, how the hell is all this possible? Because you think that, you know, when you're free time, you guys are together. So how are you doing all this? Like, when you have the time? So at that point, you just start to question and wonder about yourself. You know, like, well, what's wrong with me? You know, I asked that question a long time. How come my mom's not around? Like, why? Why my father treat me this way? You know, and then with the boyfriend thing, you know, why are you just dogging me out like this? But I didn't see it in my face until I actually read it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. at this time, there were no, like, cell phones and stuff. So, literally, it was written on paper. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it so, was hard. Yeah. I, I it was like a cycle of bad boyfriends. Yeah. Like, a long yeah. cycle of bad boyfriends. And so, um, what I always talk about, even about myself, is when you deal with that cycle of having a bunch of bad relationships and then the the, um, the dynamics of, um how you had to deal with your parents and having to fend for yourself. I know just because you're a human being, there had to be a point where you started to deal with some things psychologically, like maybe depression or anxiety or stress, all of the above. Um, Yes. All of the above. uh, Can I talk freely? Right. Yeah. You can speak freely. So like all the above, I definitely had all the stress, the anxiety, depression. I was sad all the time. Um, I wore nothing but black, y'all. Black was my favorite color. I didn't like black. <laughs> All I wore was right. black. So, and this is when I was a teenager. I think it started maybe when I was like fourteen. I started to wear black. 
And I've always been like an introvert. So I've never been the type of person to, you know, want to be around a whole lot of people. Like I've always been kind of to myself, you know, and I'm, I'm quiet in person. You know what I'm saying? Like I, mm-hmm. people really can't hear me if I'm talking loudly. So my voice is kind of small, right? So I don't even try to be loud like that. So I learned just to kind of like be comfortable, I guess, with myself because I was in the being with myself all the time. But it was lonely. You know, mm-hmm. it was very lonely. Very lonely. So um that's you know, the cycle of bad boyfriends. But yeah. how I what helped me actually it was a, a former boyfriend of mine, his mother. His mother took me in. Well, before I got to that point, I actually had a, a schoolmate. Her grandmother took me in. Like that night that my father put me out. She let me stay there up until my friend got put out of school. So she had to go to a different school. And at this time, I was going to private school. So I was still making a way to get to private school every day because I was still just beginning my senior year in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took me in and I was cool. But it was um, I had to leave there because I had no way to get to school. And so I went like a former boyfriend of mine, his mother took me in. But that was like, y'all, it was straight like in Maryland projects you know and I'm saying like in the mm-hmm. hood but I'm not gonna complain because this bag was sitting outside right I yep. literally had a duffel bag with me I had a red soccer duffel bag that went with me everywhere because that's all I had to belong mm-hmm. with me at that time and um you know they used to like smoke stuff right and I didn't know what it was since I was like in Bowie and went to private school all my life so I didn't really know except for you know you don't do drugs because all you feel all your life don't do drugs on drugs but once they just they were like happy and laughing and just having a great time. I was like, well, shit, what is this? Can I get this for them too? Like, I want to be happy. I don't, I don't want to be running and moping and sad and crying all the time because that's all I was doing, essentially, even though I was looking, you know? Right. And so finally, um, like, finally they let me try. And I was like, wow, it, it was me. So they finally let me try some new numbers. Like, this is great. I can get shit done. <laughs> like, let's go. So mm-hmm. that kind of started my journey with with weed and and I finished school like it helped me go through school and just go through all the shit that I was dealing with you know because it was a, a lot of shit like a lot of shit because I didn't get to stay there long I mean this was a lot yeah <laughs> it's a lot to deal with yourself at 17 and have nowhere to go yeah. so so my next question is you're going through this period of time. You you um you know this is like senior year high school. You get out of high school. You have this string of of you know relationships and and then you enter into kind of being like a grown grown woman, right? And now you have kind of like the you know you have these bad relationships. You have the the parents that are kind of you know they're not there. You're fending for yourself. You're dealing with depression probably at some point. So when you were, I would say maybe where you felt like you were kind of at your lowest point, tell us about the how that felt, like just being in that place. Well, I was crying. Okay, so so I had like a boyfriend who was a repeat boyfriend, right? And I didn't really want to be with him, but because I was settling, it was like someone I knew and I didn't want to be alone, right? So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, well, let's just work it out. Plus, because I thought that I wasn't worthy of having anyone better than this. So this is what I'm going to take and deal with, right? But it was it was not good. Like, I, I've never been abused in relationship. Let's get that off the top. Like, no, I've never been abused physically, let me say that. But the mental abuse was there, like, as far as um, 
just being treated badly, you know what I'm saying? And when, when you're just crying so much, you I had to look at myself and be like, what the fuck, Lamont? This can't be real. Like, this can't be what life has to offer me. Mm-hmm. I've cried enough already. Like, who the fuck wants to continue to cry all their life? You know what I'm saying? So I had to just be like, this, 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 something has to change. Like, something has to, like, Something just had to change. And right. by the time this happened, I was well into my 20s. Like, I was probably, like, 27 or 28 by this time. Right. And, you know, I've, at this time, I, I've been engaged three times, three times, but I never, you know, got married. Well, no, I've been engaged twice by this time because the third one I married, that's my husband now. But, so, my husband now, but the two times before, the first person, I probably, I probably should have married him. He probably would have been a great guy for me, but I wasn't like in love with him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just didn't, I wasn't the type of person to want to use you, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like mm-hmm. if I did that, it would have been a good place for me and my son, but I didn't want to do that to you because I'm not that right. person, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I didn't, right? But that second one, I'm like, this is the point where I had to look at myself. For one, I was abusing marijuana, like I wasn't. I wasn't using marijuana for the purpose it meant to be used for, like how you know how to, how I know how to use it now, right? But mm-hmm. then I was just to be numb, just right. numb the fuck out of me, right? I don't want to feel nothing. I just want to go about, you know, my life, just going about life, you know, raising, raising yeah. my son, and that's that, right? But yeah. it came to a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be sad. I want to be happy, and so let's let's work on this. Let's figure out what I need to do mm-hmm. to fix this because right. I don't want to live this way. I, li- I just got tired of it. Right. I-, I got tired of it, but you know, you grow up and you see all these movies and all these relationships are so wonderful, right? <laughs> right. So I'm like, where the fuck is my wonderful relationship? Cause this shit right here is not wonderful. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the story of a lot of us um, that hoping for the fairy tale, but then real life happens. And then you're like, wow, So, so, so from there, there was a point where you realized that you probably needed to maybe talk to somebody. I did actually. Well, you know, I, Michael Bazin, I think is the one who helped that out. I used to listen to Michael Bazin all the time coming off of work. Mm -hmm. And, um, he used to just always talk about how you should be following your dreams and doing things that you love and. If it's not making you happy, then you need to do something about it. Whether it's go see a therapist, go talk to somebody, like just do something. And it was really those drives home that in my ear. And then, you know, Erica Badu was my girl. So listening to her, like that bag, you know, that bag lady, I was done with them bags. Like I had to do something. So I decided to go to therapy, like real talk. I didn't want to go to a psychologist, but I didn't want to get medicated. Right. Um, so I, I went to therapy and at this point I was starting to like leave the weed alone because I wanted to just be like free and clear of everything and work on me, you know? Right. So that's how that started. I so, went to therapy. So, so just real quick to that point about making a decision to go to therapy for the listeners, because I know there's people out there that probably thought about it, um, or kind of like kind of scratching the surface but they're not sure i want you to let us know about how difficult it was to even take the step to go or was it an easy transition for you did you battle with it before you actually decided to go 
Definitely, because you know, you always hear it's bad in our community to go to therapy. So yeah. I definitely battle with it. But I'm like, when you look at your, you know, like I, I, I was able to like I grew up in an area where there was predominantly white people, also like Caucasian people. After mm-hmm. we left out of DC, so when like they're always in therapy. I'm like, they go right. to therapy for everything. Right. So I was like, well, shit, maybe I should try it. Oh, and then you know what? Intervention was coming on TV, right? Mm-hmm. Like Intervention, that show on A&E. And I was like, well, shit, maybe I should try therapy. Like, yeah. really? Real talk. That's cool. And, that, and, that, and, and this, so the point that I heard there, which a lot, most, the majority of my users are um, brown. So there's a key point here that I heard, right? And people need to really understand and listen to this seeing the Caucasians going to therapy and just being around them made you kind of get the sense that it might be okay to do. Right. You know, in our (laughs) communities, we don't see that. So we feel like it's like this horrible thing. And my point I want to make is it's so many people out here that are going to get help that are making transitions in their lives to do better things. And it's not this big, scary thing. The the scariest thing is for you to continue being the same person and doing right. the same things. And they're not the only ones that 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 should be benefiting from the help, right? Because we not see what all. they have. We see what they're doing. And they're moving through society and doing all of this kind of stuff. And we're already at a deficit anyway. We have to take control of our destinies. We have to take control of our mental health and our mind and our peace so that we can be better for our kids and the generations behind right. us. Exactly. So, so I just wanted to make that point about you actually, because what if you didn't see those people? It might've been harder for you to, been, yeah, right? yeah. So that's, so that's audience that are listening. That's the whole purpose of, and I know there's a lot of people out here doing things online mm-hmm. too about mental health and therapy and all of that kind of stuff. But the whole purpose of this is, to not let those people be the only ones that you see getting help. I want you to see Lawan's face. I want you to see my face. Mm -hmm. I don't, I have, you know, professional therapists come on here. Like I'm going to have one on here tomorrow, but I'd still also want you to see that there's real people out here dealing with real problems. And we look just like you and we have problems just like you. And it's not this big, scary thing. I want you guys to understand that if you need to talk to somebody, if you need help, it could be a family member that you trust. Start somewhere. Don't look at your the whole culmination of your life. You might be like 40. You might be 30. And you're like, well, I got all of this stuff. You tackle it in chunks. If you try to tackle it all at once, you're never going to do it. So um, so back to your story. You started going to therapy, right? That's where we left off. You made a decision to go to therapy. And... Tell us a couple of things that you that you learned about yourself from the therapy in order for you to make the transition into kind of loving yourself again, feeling worthy again and all the, you know, all of those things that we want to be. Okay, I want to go back just a little bit before we get to therapy. So just understand, like I grew up in uh, I grew up in private school. So like we went to Catholic church all the time. Right. So Mm -hmm. all I knew was to pray quietly. Right, because that's what Catholics do. They don't praise loudly at all. Like they're quiet and they sing folklore music. Okay, right. we don't get any gospel. So I didn't hear any of that 
uh, growing up until I started to visit a church. You know how I got into how I started to love daycare. This is so funny. But when um, <laughs> one of the ladies I used to work for when I was 18, she was a daycare provider. And that's how I got my love with kids and all that stuff. Started way when I was 18, just someone looking out for me. So she would take me to church with her. So my first experience going to a Baptist church was 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is really different. Like, it was super different, right? But mm-hmm. I've always, like, prayed. So my journey, like along my journey, I've always just prayed, like pray quietly because that's all I learned how to do was to be quiet in my prayer, right? So I don't know how to praise outwardly, just kind of be quiet in my prayer. So inside, I would just pray, 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 pray. And I swear my prayers were not being answered, like at all. Like, right. They were not being answered at all. So I was like, that's the whole black. Everything was just black. Okay. So my prayers ain't being answered. I don't, I don't really know my mother. Um, my, my, my father was like an asshole. Um, I love my sister, but she was a pain in my ass too, but just sibling shit and everything was just dark and black. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I finally decided to go to therapy, cause, cause it was my son, right? <laughs> I had a kid. I had my child when I was like, just before I turned 19 years old. All right. And I was repeating those behaviors like with him as far as the discipline and stuff was concerned. And it got to a point where I, I wasn't liking it. Like I really didn't like it either. So yeah. that also played part into me wanting to change things because I felt like we should be able to communicate with each other. I will discipline you. I will put you on punishment. I will take things from you, but I don't feel good hitting you. Right. Like I don't yeah. feel good at all hitting you. Right. So you know, that's another thing that I had to also work through. So when I finally got to therapy and I started talking, I was always blaming me for everything. So the first thing that, that I had to learn was to stop blaming myself for mm-hmm. things or how people treated me. Right. That's big, y'all. Like, that is so big because we're always saying, I'm sorry. Or, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, why are we sorry for how we are, right? This mm-hmm. is how you were born. You shouldn't have to be sorry for that. And because how someone is treating you, it's not really your fault either because mm-hmm. that's their thing. That's their issue. And that's how they act. So that's something they have to deal with themselves and you shouldn't put it on yourself. That was huge right. because I was blaming myself for everything yeah. that happened to me. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Side note to that. When we blame, when you blame yourself for everything, it, it, it kind of puts you mentally into like a, a, a dark space, I guess. I don't even necessarily know what to call it, but if you blame yourself for everything, then that means that there's nothing good. If that's true, right. There's nothing good about you. If you're, if you're the, the cause for everything. And if you believe, start believing, you tell it to yourself enough, you start believing it. And yep. then it starts to affect everything around you and how you react to things and your choices and everything else. And, and it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And that's why like people, um, you know, people that do affirmations all the time and meditate and do all these kind of things, because you have to, you have to put that pod, those positive thoughts in your brain. So you don't start believing that hype. Right. So that was one big thing. And um, I had to really sit with that. Right. Because all my life, I had been blaming myself. Like, mm-hmm. and at this time, like, I'm like 30 years old, I think, at this point. So remember, I started, I started talking about 27, 28. So I didn't mm-hmm. actually get the therapy until I was 30. Right. <laughs> so, so, um, but I had to really sit with that. And then also, exercise was big. Like, 
exercise. Like I'm a nature person. I absolutely love nature. And I wasn't doing that anymore. Like I was just work, 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 work. Just, you know, being a slave to the corporate America, making sure I could, you know, feed myself and my son. And I really stopped doing things that I love. So I had to remember the things that I enjoyed and, and get right. back to doing those things that I enjoyed, you know, like having time for me, you know, because yep. I wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's huge. That's huge. Key point here, ladies and gentlemen, is find out what you love. And, 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 and even if it's not, you know, a huge part of your life, you got to have it be a part of your life because you got to think about it. It's, it's simple math. If most of your life you're doing stuff that you hate, <laughs> then, you, then you don't have any happiness. <laughs> and, no. any, you know, in that, once again, affects everything around you. It, it, it affects mm-hmm. your behavior. If you always, it's just like, like um, working a nine to five, right? And we know most people don't really love their job. They go there because they pay, they need to pay bills. Mm-hmm. So if you are always consumed with something that you don't like and like, you know how we, everybody now we have these side hustles and we have these things and hopefully that thing you're doing on the side is something you love, then you can kind of balance it out a little bit. But when it's all negative, that's a, that's a bad place for you to be as a human being. I'm telling you guys, that's why I always, <laughs> that's why I always say peace of mind over everything. You have to chase that peace. You have to, you have to maintain that peace and, and fight for that peace because if you don't have it, then, you know, your kids, your family, you are destined to repeat history over and over and over again. So, yeah, so, sure. so, so now you go to therapy. Um, you had the string of bad relationships. So now we're going to transition into how you get to being a happily married wife and <laughs> kids and, and, and all of that. Like what, at what point did you say, this is it right here. I'm ready. Or maybe you didn't think you were ready. Maybe it just happened. (laughs) Yeah, I think it kind of just happened. But like I was doing the right thing. So I was listening to my therapist and, you know, taking heed to what she was telling me, like actually Mm -hmm. doing the part, like actually doing the things that I should be doing to make me feel free. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to free myself from all that negativity, like Mm -hmm. all the negative energy. I had to, um, like my father has never, we we will probably never have that conversation. Right. But what he did, uh, when my son was probably about like six months old, he, he decided he wanted to be a part of, you know, our lives, you know, slowly. Cause that's his grandson. He had two daughters. So he finally has a boy in the family that has his last name. So mm-hmm. I think that meant something to him, you know, even though it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. I mean, he got, he got a boy with his name to carry on now. Right. Mm-hmm. So he helped me with a car, you know, he started to do little things, you know what I'm saying? To like mm-hmm. help me on my journey because, but then I was still not loving myself, but the little things. So by the time, by the time I forgot where I was going with that, but by the time he, he, I think the healing part for me, like I noticed the actions versus listening to what someone says out their mouth. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. people can say whatever they want to say out their mouth, but what are they actually doing? Right. So that was important for me to acknowledge that my father was trying, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't say it out of his mouth, but his actions were showing it. Mm-hmm. So 
that helped me with uh, a little bit of healing as far as maybe he does, you know, love me and care for me. So that was big. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was big. But then, then for me, the exercise, like the walking and stuff like that, mm -hmm. enjoying nature, um, going back to the prayers, okay? <laughs> so I always, because I was by myself, always asked to have a big family, right? Like I always mm -hmm. wanted to have a big family. I was going to have like the big mama house thing, Sunday mm -hmm. dinners at my house, like all that stuff. I like, I really, really wanted to have those things. Mm -hmm. But it was just like my son, I, you know, through a string of bad relationships, mm -hmm. it was still just my son and I. So I was like, well, shit, maybe I can't get pregnant. Even to the point that I went to the doctors to see what was going wrong. Like, cause you know, I was trying to get pregnant. And I'm like, well, you have to have like a, a surgery so they can remove scar tissue. Cause I had a blockage. I said, like, well, I ain't doing all that shit. So <laughs> whatever, mm -hmm. I guess it's just going to be my son and I, right? Well, when I started to work on myself and heal myself, um, you know, you know, you just start to feel good about you. You start to feel good again. And then I wasn't wearing black anymore. At that time, my color, my favorite color had transitioned from black to lavender. So purple oh. is like, yeah. <laughs> so purple lavender is like one of my favorite colors. And like, yeah. Um, so I saw the changes, right? Mm -hmm. I, got my, I don't even know how this started, like. Um, I was still dating. I still was dating the wrong type of person just because mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to have like a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I wanted to have like a, a boy toy, like someone to have fun with, but I didn't want to be serious about it because I wasn't ready for no serious relationship because I was still working on me and mm -hmm. trying to get where I wanted to go in life. Because by, by this time, I had already started uh, the daycare. No, I didn't start the daycare yet. No, I was still working at Enterprise. So I didn't start the daycare yet. But I started to think about, because I was in the Michael Dixon, what I wanted mm -hmm. to do with my life again, you know, so focusing mm -hmm. on the things that I enjoy, things that I love, because I didn't want to be a slave to corporate America all my life, because I can't sugarcoat anything, and they don't mm -hmm. like that in corporate America, so right. I knew it wasn't a place for me, okay? Um, so that's kind of how everything just kind of kind of started to happen, and so since I started to, like, feel free and mm -hmm. release all the negativity and everything was just pleasant and try to think about all the positives versus focusing on the negative things. Mm -hmm. Right. So the, I, I live still to this day that way. I don't let any negativity like come into my space, even with mm -hmm. my own children. I have a grown child and when he's negative, you got to go. Yeah. And it's real talk. Cause I don't let it in my space and I don't care who you are. I don't want right. it around Right, because I did that already. Like I've I've already been there, so I've graduated to another place. Um, I, I don't know where, where do you want me to go now. <laughs> how we how do we get to Sam? Oh, okay, how do I get to Sam? So <laughs> I've known him for a very long time. That's the crazy thing is right because um, <laughs> I've known him for a while, but I never actually like called him. I saw him a long time ago down Kennedy Street. I was taking my son to the barbershop. And so I had got his phone number that day, but I never called him, you know, because he's younger than I am. Like mm -hmm. he's younger than I am, but he was always mm -hmm. fine. So I was like, I can't I ain't gonna I, ain't, I can't be robbing a cradle, so whatever. Um but then I saw him, I would see him all the time because my sister uh was dating his his brother. So mm -hmm. one time after, you know, I, this is post-therapy now. <laughs> post-therapy when I'm all feeling all great about myself and just having like a boy toy. Um, I saw him at my sister's house 
it was for a fight night or something we had over there. And at this time, I, I wasn't uh, partaking much in, in weed then. I was, like, drinking Grey Goose. I had kind of just started drinking Grey Goose a little bit. So I was like, all right. So when I saw I was like, put your number in my phone. Do you know all this time I still had his phone number? Like, he had the same phone number. So all this time mm -hmm. I had his number. And we're talking about years had passed. Because by the time, this is probably eight years. Because that was when my son was five. So this is when he's like 13, 12, or 13 now. So it's about seven, eight years. But I never called him. So and I still didn't call him then. So that was the summer. <laughs> that was like June or July of two, 2007. Yeah, that was like June or July 2007. So I finally started to talk to him like around September of 2008 because the boy toy that I was not trying to be serious with, I ended up pregnant with his kid. Right. But he was like crazy, like mm -hmm. not mentally stable at all. And I tried everything to, um, just not be like to have his attention like you know blocking numbers and all that stuff because it got crazy like i didn't get physically attacked but he attacked my vehicle um he was causing problems for me and my job it just was a lot and then i got really really sick early in my pregnancy so i had to go stay at my sister's house way out of virginia it just was a lot of stuff happening like a lot of stuff happening and so i was like well shit let me i'm scrolling through my phone and who, who number i come across I came across Sam, right? So I was like, well, let me send him a message to see how he doing. That's how it started. Like a mm -hmm. text message from just me always having his number. And I finally texted him one day because I just wanted to have somebody to talk to. Because that's how that started. And we would just have conversations, like text message. And then it got to the phone calls and we just would talk. Like he realized I was my friend. Mm -hmm. Like he became my, like my friend. Just... Yeah someone to talk to like a confidant because I was going through the craziness with uh, my daughter's father and he just was soothing to me like we would just talk right. about things that we we watched the wire together over the phone so he'd be at his work or his house and I'd be at my house and we just would be on the phone you know like that whole that high school relationship type thing you just sit yeah. on the phone for no reason yeah. it would be like that yeah so so with that now there's a part of you was that I know that 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 part of dealing with him, there was a there was a, um, you know, a part of where you guys are becoming friends and you and you're, you know, doing all of the stuff on, the, you know, watching shows on the phone and all of that. There, there had to be a point in you. As you move into like a full blown relationship with him, that probably was scared. And the whole thing was scary well, for when <laughs> I was pregnant. I mean, really? I'm pregnant with some other kids. I'm yeah. like a other, another person's kid. So yeah. me even thinking about having a relationship was like, this is crazy. There's no way. So we just going to talk to be friends. But like we built a relationship. You know what I'm saying? There mm -hmm. was other stuff involved too. That I don't really want to talk about that right now. But uh -huh. oh, hold on. I got to turn my car Can you hear that? You're fine. Okay. So um it was just it was a lot so i don't know we just we talked a lot about it because he had his reasons for not doing it either i had reasons because you know again i was pregnant with another person's kid so when all that had happened um i mean i don't know we just kind of i guess you say fell in love you know mm -hmm. it was like real natural Right. It was natural and easy and we got along. 
it wasn't anything hard about us. Right. You know? Yeah. And then and and now you got like, you know, you 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 were talking about a point where where um you didn't know if you could have a kid and now now what <laughs> now now you you have several. <laughs> I know, right? It's so crazy because so so when that happened, I was like Okay, God, you're being real funny right now because now you know good and well I'm not trying to go like through this with like him, the person I have the person who I was pregnant by but I was just so wild like it was wild, I'm pregnant, like really? I'm pregnant? Like wow, so I can get pregnant and it it was just it was a lot <laughs> but oh, you, you um you had twins. I, yeah. And because <laughs> I remember, I remember that. And I remember there was a moment where I was like, So are you done? And you was like, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I'll be, you know, I'm still open. And I think if you, if the people who are listening to part of her story where she said she always wanted to have a big family, you got your wish granted. <laughs> Right when I said, but see, y'all, the prayers are coming through like crazy right now. This is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, the blessings, I feel so blessed every single day. Like, I love my life. Like, I have kids, I have my husband, like, all those things that I was praying for and wanting then when I wasn't straight mentally, it wasn't happening. So, right. I, I feel, I feel like, you know, I know my creator is watching over me because he has a plan for me and I just have to follow through with his plan. Right. 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 And so here's a, here's the, um, the final point I'm going to make and then we're going to wrap up listeners. Key point. This is the major key point. This is the quotable of the night. She's not the only one that's been through stuff, right? We all got stuff we going through. But here's the key point in her story. And it's the story of a lot of us. And some of you guys aren't as far along in the story as she is today. But here's the key quotable of the night. She did not start to receive her blessings until she took the time to heal, until she took the time to have a clearer mind and to have more positive energy in her life. And then that's normally when things start happening for you when you're when you're able and willing to receive those blessings because there's a lot of point, parts of our lives where we don't feel like we deserve it. Well, that's energy. If you're feeling that negative energy of I'm not worthy, I don't deserve this, and I don't, there's no room for it to come in. Yeah. So her story is proof that therapy, healing, positive energy, taking time to love yourself, and feeling worthy to receive this stuff and and things happen. It may not happen when you want it, right? And they say that all the time, but it happens <laughs> when it's supposed to, right? Yeah. So um, so we're gonna wrap up. Um, I thank you for sharing your story with us. I know that that was, you know, and, and just like I always tell people about myself, the more I talk about it, it's still like, even at this point, it's still therapeutic to just let it out. Um, so what I want you to do as we close is I want you to tell people about your business and what you got going on and 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 I'll put up your um your information of how they can contact you but just just talk about what you're doing and what you got going on. Okay, so another lifelong dream of mine was to have my own restaurant. 
something doing with cooking and baking. So I actually finally started the bakery last year, and now uh, we're a year in now. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, I accomplished the daycare. That was another goal. I did that. So I started my daycare going on uh, 12 years now. And so now the newest venture is our bakery, and this one is the baby, and I would love it to grow tremendously. Right. I so believe what, everyone should taste some shrivels because they need them in their lives. <laughs> so so the email address to reach her at for the people that are listening to audio is Stribble Treats spelled S-T-R-I-B-B-L-E-T-R-E-A-T-S at gmail.com. Tell people a little bit about a few of the things that you offer. Oh, well, we're about to go into peach cobbler season, so peach cobbler's going to come up real soon. Uh, the apple cobbler's mostly uh, all type of pies. Well, not all type of pies. My main pie and my favorite is the apple. It's just so delicious. I love it. I have amazing cookies. Everything is from scratch, homemade. Nothing is out of a box. I don't use gelatin for my banana pudding. Nothing. Everything is fully homemade, and then you feel and taste all the love in there. And tell I have a little. website up to now, Derek. Finally, say it again. The website is up to now. Okay. Did you want to share that with them, or is it, or should they just contact you? You can. Um, it's stribbledistrict.com. Okay, Stribble District. So that's S T R I B B L E District, and then dot com, and then you can see what she has there. So tell them about the the other other stuff that you do. <laughs> I also am a registered caregiver for the state of Maryland, so I do infusions as well. I also have CBD products that I um, make an oil for. It's great for people who would like to try other methods than using pills to handle maybe their stress, anxiety, and depression. Um, it, CBD is wonderful for those who cannot partake in THC because it has all the qualities that that THC provides you from the cannabis plant, but not the euphoria, so you will not touch positive. Right. Cool. Well, we are going to let you go. Once again, I appreciate you for sharing your story. I'm sure that there's someone out there that was helped, and probably a lot of somebody out there that would help from I hearing your so. story. Yeah, I hope um, so. And please, y'all, take heed to this information, because it really, really helped me. Like, I can't, I would, I can't imagine still living the way I lived in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a journey. Like I, even at my age, it's still some things I'm realizing. But if you if you don't start um, on a journey of of trying to figure out how to be better, do better, feel better, um, you're going to be stuck. Um, and so I'm going to get a couple of these comments. Michelle Ford says, thank you for sharing. Alicia says, thank you for sharing. LaJuan. Natasha Davenport okay. says therapy can be good. Um, so, yeah. We are going to um, wrap this up. I'm going to let you go. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Um, you know, we'll talk. We've been talking all this time. What has it been? Um, 11, more than 11 years now. Probably yeah, more than around 11. 12. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're going to let you go. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, Thank um, you. Well, stay for one second. Everybody on the, um, on the podcast, we're wrapping it up. Thank you for listening. Make sure you go to www.relationshipgumbo.net and get all your, your life coaching, your, your merch. Um, and everything that I'm doing is funneled through there, all of my social media. So make sure you check that out and we're going to wrap it up. Have a great night. See you next week. Okay. Everybody wants good love. That's true. I know Derek Jones about to break it down with the relationship gumbo. Welcome to the podcast. Ain't no doubt we all need this. Hey, cause better relationships need better. 
better ingredients Ay, So if you want better relations It's about communication Finding love, staying together We all wanna make it better Yeah, Derek Jones the host Your relationship coach Thank you all for tuning in